Welcome to Words from the Wise. Today, our guest is Joy Lee. She's a fashion designer. I've known her for six years, and she's just truly one of my favorite people. Our conversation goes into following your gut, not keeping up with family and friends has been her biggest regret, setting boundaries in and out of the workplace, and just being kind to oneself makes all the difference early on in life. It was truly a great conversation. I love her to death, and I hope you really enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Enjoy. Hi, Joy. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, you are arguably, you know, one of my favorite people ever. Uh, we've known each other for a while. They're mine. <laughs> well, that is much appreciated. Uh, we've known each other for what, probably 10 years now? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. No, it can't be 10 years. Maybe like six or seven. But, uh, but it's definitely been some time. And um, so where I would love to start is just tell everybody a little bit about, you know, what you're doing today, where, what, what you do, where you are, um, just kind of a little bit of background on, on you. On me? On you. Okay. We need to set the context. Okay. So let's see. I'm originally from back east. I was born in Austin, Texas. I now live out in, on the west coast, southwest kind of moved around. Um, I've always been interested, not even interested, but I have a passion for um, visual beauty. And maybe that's because that was kind of my escape as a kid. Always drawing um, when things were a wreck at home or at school or whatever it was. Um, my escape was either sitting in my room drawing, going to the uh, art room, um, you know, and it's just kind of been with me my whole life. Um, I think to, I mean, my mission or goal was always to um, create beautiful things to make people feel better, make myself feel better. Um, and, you know, I guess specifically with women and young girls, because obviously I'm a girl and um, that women, you know, girls should feel good about themselves. So everything I do and surround myself with, I, I try and see on the positive side of it and um yeah be grateful for what i have so and you know you and i we hang out really well working out in the gym i think part of being healthy overall is your physical health and channeling your mental and emotional health through that is kind of fascinating you just learn different things but it's also you know great you just feel good afterwards so that's it's a good day. When yeah, <laughs> no, I love that. And, and you know, you, I mean, you are one of the most positive people I know. I don't think I've ever seen you in a bad mood. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are in bad moods, but I know you've never projected it. You've always been just like a super positive person. Um, which My always, dad which always gonna be around. differently. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. He's How so? Different. Oh, he would, it's like, you've got the worst temper ever. <laughs> <laughs> My, my family will tell you that too. So I've had to learn how to manage that. Oh, maybe okay. Why, maybe that's why we're at the gym working out together. Maybe. See, I'm already learning something about you that I didn't know over the last six years. So, you know, I, I love that. But okay, so, so let's go. So you said as a child, you know, you were really creative. Are, so tell us a little bit about what you do today. So today, um, I'm, a, I'm a designer. Um, I specialize in fashion or lifestyle wear, if you will, because it's 
fashion has changed its you know definition over the course of the last god even like five years um yeah and i've been doing that for oh gosh over 20 years um it's always something i've loved but i wasn't able to do because it wasn't an option for me as a kid um especially going to school to be able to go to school for fashion was not an option Uh, my dad was not going to pay for my schooling if i did that so i had to go to a decent accredited school. Um, and fortunately, the one that he went to offered a design program. So I applied there and that's how I got into design. So, you know, after working in the industry, um, graphic design, industrial design, interior design, um, I finally had an opportunity to get into fashion design uh, by starting as a fit model with Liz Claiborne. And um, I would commute from Connecticut into Manhattan and go do that and learn from the bottom up. And now was that right out of college or did you do something in between there? What was, what was kind of like those first years, those formative years after school like? After college? Yeah. Uh, well, after college, it was, uh, I was fortunate enough to get a job offer with a paper company called Champion. They had a design program and they worked with a lot of different designers. So I would, um, be Julie from the cruise boat ship, you know, it's like <laughs> coordinating all these really great designers with design students from different design schools all over the country. And they had this thing called the Imagination Scholarship Program. So it would be a week long of just intensive seminars and programs and things like that for designers. And that's what I did um, right out of college because as I was interning, I, that turned into a full-time job. And I did that for about, uh, <laughs> and how okay so then so you did that after college how old were you when or you don't have to say how old you were but how how did you make the transition into having your own brand i mean what was that like where did that come from you know what elliot that's something i don't even want to call it my own brand but my own kind of style, I guess, my own kind of like thing, my jam. Um, (laughs) And from school, to get as much experience as I could from a design standpoint, and really great fundamental principles of what that is, because that applies to anything, um, is to keep keep taking things in, keep keep learning. So wherever you are, whatever opportunity presents itself in front of you, just seize it and just drink it in and listen and learn from those people around you, and it doesn't have to be, I'm going to do the next beautiful fashion piece. It's about just learning what, what is good proportion and scale. How do you look at colors and how do colors complement each other? I mean, all these things, can it be applied to different, different disciplines in life and career direction? I love that. So, so it was almost like you kind of, you, you went at it without really you didn't have like this set end goal. You just knew, you know, kind of, you kind of almost like approached the journey as in a way to just take it all in and almost let the journey take you in whatever path or whatever fork eventually you went. Yes. But with, along with that, um, is setting an intention and having kind of this background strategy of, um, where I'm going to go, what choices do I make in the fork in the road? Because I think learning to say no is just as important as learning to say yes. When 
opportunities come up because your time is is valuable. I mean, you know, uh, you know whether I want to go party for five hours <laughs> you know, in Manhattan at a nightclub is important to me and it feels good to me um, rather than getting stuck in some office for five hours that has me exhausted and I don't feel like going out. So, you know, it's just choices you make. And I don't regret any of it because it was, it was great. It's brought me to this place and it's introduced me to people along the way that still to this day influence me. I'll give you an example. Okay, so my first job out of, um, my first job in the industry, in fashion, was to be Liz Claiborne's fit model. And it just so happened, I happened to have the measurements that I saw in this ad in the New York Times. It says, Liz Claiborne, who at the time was a great big company, um, needs a fit model, and here's the measurements, bust, waist, hip, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know what a fit model is, but those look like my measurements, and I would love to go work for that company, and I just want to learn. Just give me, give me an opportunity, give me just, give me a chance. So I took the train, went into Manhattan, went for the job interview, got the job interview on the spot, and it was like, ugh, $17,000 a year, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, Not in Manhattan. Oh my gosh, no. Unfortunately, I was in Connecticut, but even still. <laughs> so you're just like, oh man, I can't do that. And then they called me back and they said, okay, well, how about $24,000? <laughs> and we'll pay for all your, you know, all your expenses or travel all over the world because we have all these places, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh man, can I, make, can I work this out? So you work it out. I'm like, you know what? You'll figure it out. Took the job. Thank God I did. And at the time, the president of the company uh, uh, was, his name was Jay Mark Willis. And we used to travel to different parts of the world and and he was just amazing like i just thought he was kind and he was good to his people and he was fair and blah 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 we'll come full circle um <laughs> 20 something years later i get in touch with him i just say you know what i just want to thank you you've always been an inspiration to me i mean he was the president of the company i was a the only time I saw him was when he's like inspecting garments and he's like, <laughs> not and um, he FaceTimed with me to, to just, you know, touch base and give me wise words of wisdom, even, you know, that many years later. It's crazy. Cool. Yeah. No, that's really cool. And so that kind of falls into, you know, something that you had said was, you know, saying no is just important to saying yes. And then I think where a lot of people get, hung up, especially early on in their career, maybe even later in their career, I know I do this myself, is you say yes to everything because you want experience and you want the opportunity to um, you know, showcase your skills, but then obviously it gets to be too much. So like looking back at your, you know, this decision to be a fit model, um, you know, I mean, you easily could have said no, you, you could have said, you know, no, it's not enough money or no, I don't want to commute. What do you remember what made you say yes? Like what, what was that thing that made you feel like this was the right decision? I'll tell you, Elliot, it was because I didn't feel anything but yes. There was hmm. no, should I think about it? There was no, let me do a, you know, a positive and negative. <laughs> <laughs> hard. Yes. So if I, if that is it, 
then I know that's the direction I take. And whatever the consequences are, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, it's meant to be there. But if there's a, something that I'm uh, faced with that it's like kind of like, oh gosh, I don't know, what are the pros and cons? And I banter too much about it, then it's probably not the thing I should be doing. And there's a lot of background stuff, whether that comes in your experiences that, um, it helps you make those decisions or makes you ask those questions. You got to trust that it's your gut. Right. I mean, it could be like, it couldn't be more perfectly said, but obviously, I mean, you were probably what, 23, 24, when you were making this decision, most of people can't, they don't figure that out till what thirties, forties, maybe never. I mean, most people can't figure out that, I can't remember who said it or where it came from, but it was, it's either the answer is either fuck yes or no. Like it, it's one or the two options. Um, and you know, it sounds like you do a great job at, you know, actually like listening to your gut and knowing that intuition, but so many of us are so bad at it. Um, but it's anyone can do it. It's, and it's not whether you're good or bad at it. It's just about practicing that um, to get to know yourself. Cause a lot of times, and especially like, you know, when you're in college and I was in a sorority, so I was like, you know, you're really like, uh, you're judged, right? You've got yeah. of who you are, who you associate with, what you do, what you look like, what you don't look like and all those things. And man, if you've got to just tone out the noise and learn to do that, then it's a, it's, there are valuable lessons there. But at the time, that wasn't, I didn't, I didn't even an option. <laughs> I was just living my life and having a good time. Yet something behind all of that is like driving you. And it could be something like from your very past when you were a kid that I can still remember in second grade getting pushed to the back of the line because I didn't look like everybody else, right? Hmm. In front of me. And so you're like, I don't want to feel like that. That hurts my feelings. Why, why would you do that? And, to someone and make them feel bad. That's now called bullying, right? But from second grade, something like that that sits with you, um, you don't even know that that's kind of guiding you in the direction you're going. That's, yeah, it's, it, there's so many, it seems like there's so many more studies now that come out where they talk about how those first few years of your life, they, they carry you for, they carry you for the rest of your life and you don't, necessarily know why most of us obviously can't remember a lot of things I don't remember anything from when I was in second grade so you know your memory is already far better than mine um but yeah it's it's uh <laughs> what's that maybe it was fourth grade I don't <laughs> either way <laughs> so so I want to keep digging on this 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 uh this yes no thing because I think it's so important and um so from from saying no to things that you kind of are iffy about, what do you think for you is the value in, in saying no? Like, where do you, where does that come out as a win? Because so many of us will end up saying, well, because then, you know, obviously the premise of this podcast is about regret and, and living your life that way. But, you know, a lot of people could say, well, I've said no to too many things. Maybe I missed out on a lot of good opportunities. But the answer is you probably said no for a reason. So like what's saying no do for you to, to help either clear your mind or make better decisions or work on things you love. It's kind of, where does that go? I, it, it, it makes a lot more space and time 
for me to say yes to those things that may not have presented itself had I said yes to that other, mm. upper, upper, uh, the other, you know, uh, decision. decision, right? Yeah. Right. So if, let's say, for example, I would have said yes to this great high paying job that uh, instead of going to be a fit model for Liz Cleborn, and by the way, you know, I never even told my father because he would have <laughs> told me, absolutely, I did not send you to college. I did not spend all this money on you for you to go be a fit model and exploit labor. You know, so it's like, had I taken another job, like, okay, and I did, it did. I took another job in the graphic design studio working for a really great company and I was miserable in two weeks. I just said no. Wow. I'm leaving. And why? Because, because otherwise I would have been there, what, maybe, I don't know, it could have been a year, but then I would have never had the opportunity to be sitting quietly in my kitchen, not having a job and looking at the paper and going, oh, this is something I like <laughs> do. So, you know, um, and, and as, as you move on and on and on, and there are more people that, and more things that come at you, um, more emails that you get, right? Or more, like, I really want to just have coffee with you. Let's just talk this over. Do you really want to spend an hour plus 20 minutes on each end of a commute talking about something that really you knew that wasn't really didn't, you know, not going to mm -hmm. go anywhere? And not that it has to go anywhere, but maybe it doesn't go anywhere, but you just like that freaking person. You just want to hang out with them. I'll take that. Yeah. Right? Because you want to surround yourself with like-minded people. 100 percent you know someone who's like you know i'll talk and sales and blah 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 it's like <laughs> blah, blah 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 anyway at the end of the day and i just wasted two and a half hours right and sometimes you never get that deep and you just are it's a very surface level conversations and it's just not what you want um and I yeah it's just yeah nothing feels great workout. yeah i'm sorry i just rather spend doing a workout with you we go do pull-ups for you know 20 minutes and push-ups and whatever but at least in that time, you know, we're hanging out, we're having a good time, you feel good afterwards, you're energized, you're productive, you use that energy and you're like, bam, you're doing what you're doing <laughs> career-wise and you're just on it, right? I love it. I love it. So um, you, you said you worked this job and you worked like two weeks and it was miserable um, and you ended up quitting. Do you remember what was so miserable about it? For yes. you, yes. Um, there's a couple, obviously, different jobs that I remember that were miserable <laughs> that I left. But um, it was the guy in charge. I didn't like the way he managed. You have to be in at a certain time. You have to leave at a certain time. The projects that were given to me. Um, okay, so you want to come up with some kind of creative solution and. The parameters of that particular project, let's say, were just they didn't align with my values and what I saw mm. as a direction to go with that. So, um, you know, I gotta nip those things in the bud. Otherwise, I'm gonna be hanging out and doing that for the next whatever the project is in a month or three months. And that doesn't help me. It might give me a paycheck and cover my health care expenses, but <laughs> at that point, you know, you're pretty. <laughs> You don't need to worry that much about it. You figure it out. You're fine. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like it was very much of, you know, you wanted to do stuff that you loved, you were proud of, you, you felt added value. Obviously you mentioned doing things that made women feel beautiful. Um, and that's still a lot of what you do today. Um, I think some of the, a lot of your, your clothing lines are about empowering women. Aren't those like the actual names of the, some of the designs too? Yes. Because I think that setting your intention from the very beginning, whether that's on a you know vision board, that you write things out, that you tear uh, you know you have tear sheets, you collect colors, you collect things. Um, that's all part of the creative process. And if it comes, you know, your objective comes from a you know, certain place. And for me, that place was to um, to feel strong and good about yourself. Then. At least you know you're, you're working with some kind of defined, uh, defined structure. If that, you're not just all over the place, wishy-washy. Right, right. Like you have your motive. You know what you're doing. Right. You know why you're doing it. Probably is is a deeper question of of why. Um, you know, it's like the the Simon Sinek book, "Find Your Why," um, which I think most people maybe think that they know, but don't know, you know, it can change. I, I would imagine. I don't know if it can. It's been a while since I read the book, so I don't remember the rules, but uh, um, yeah, it's like really just having that, that clear path of what you, why you do what you do every day. Even now, Elliot, when I sit down and I do like, let's say marketing posts uh, or social media posts, you know, before you write anything, it's like kind of like, why are you doing this? Why are you putting this out here? It's not just, here's a pretty coat with a silver lining. Why did you do that? <laughs> no. And so that, then, then what you do, what you say, what you share, you do it with meaning and purpose. Mm-hmm. It's not arbitrary. It's not, I'm not wasting air time. Um, you can waste air time, but then that should be, you know, like at least you feel great about it. You feel <laughs> fun and playing because playing is important too. But um, as you and I have talked about, I think, I really love the way Simon Sinek uh, kind of sets the tone before you even get started. So I, I, you know, I reference that quite a bit. Yeah. And a lot of other leaders, the way they think, their Mm. process, not to say that you follow their process, but you kind of take that from the beginning and you kind of redefine how does that work for you and what you're doing what your purpose, what your life, you know, in that moment is about. And it doesn't have to always be so serious and, you know, intense. It, it, it's just because life isn't like that, but, you know, life is a lot of different things. So, uh, <laughs> no, and it's just, it's so, and that's why I love people like Simon Sinek or, you know, he's just the one that comes to mind, but there's a lot of other people out there that obviously write great books or, or podcasts and whatnot. But it's so important to me, um, to understand why you think a certain way or how you think or what made you think, like you said, why did I make that line silver? Like that's, that's the real value is, is understanding why a decision was made, not necessarily the decision itself. Um, because that's what you can build upon. If you don't understand why you're making decisions, then you'll never be able to fix it if there's a problem or you'll never be able to, to uh, compound, you know, these, these great decisions you're making, because you don't necessarily understand what the, the driver is. And it's so important to know 
you know, just why you think certain ways or why you feel certain ways. Um, and just reflect like a little exercise that I do is every night Well, I try to every night is I try to reflect on the day of like, what was the best thing that happened today? What were some obstacles that happened today? Why was it an obstacle? How did I overcome that obstacle? Just to kind of like synthesize the day in a few sentences. So I feel like I'm learning something about myself and I'm not just going through the motions of that day. Um, but you're actually developing who you are based on what happened in the last, you know, 20 hours. Yeah, that's great. That's a great practice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have to ask the, the important questions. And I know earlier you said, I could talk to you for hours about probably anything and everything. Um, so I know earlier you said you don't have any regrets from anything that you did earlier. And that's kind of a lot of the premise of, of what I want to dig into. Oh, I just... have regrets. <laughs> I've made bad decisions for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, well, let's, you don't have to share the specifics if you don't want to, but you know, looking back at, you know, whether it's your early twenties or thirties or early on in your career or just anything along those lines. I mean, is there anything that sticks out to you that today you still think about in a sense of one, either I really regret that decision. I think I made a terrible choice for myself and I know why I made that decision. And you know, that's why it eats away at me. Or is there something that you did that was like the best decision in your life and it would literally eat you alive if you had never made that choice um yeah there's a lot of them um because i feel like there's different phases in my life the crazy phase the ridiculous you know excessive phase <laughs> and the phase um and then when you ask me that question the thing that comes up like immediately is just family and friends like if you think oh gosh my career is so important to me and what I want to do as a mission um but what makes you feel happiness and joy and regret and not regret is family and friends because there were times in my life where I set my mom and dad aside or my sister aside because I was just like no I've got I've got this meeting coming up I've got this interview coming up and all these things that are coming up and I have to really focus and pay attention. But yet, maybe regretting to have another cup of coffee with my mom at McDonald's, you know, mm. because I don't have that opportunity now to do that again. Or making a great decision that instead of trying to have a visit with my dad at the assisted living, like, you know, he was recovering from a stroke, it's just like, no, go sit down and just hang with them for a couple hours on the patio, not have to go squeeze in a meeting with a client, um, sketching, you know, going to work out, let me take him to a restaurant, my favorite restaurants down the street. It's like, he's like, oh, don't you need to go anywhere? Don't you need to be anywhere? I go, no, dad, I'm just here just to visit with you. So, and that to me, like, um, I really hold that dear and just, you know, before, in between jobs, you know, my sister's like, come on, let's go to Italy. And I had this trip all planned out, but yet this was such a great job and they wanted me to start right away. And I even told them, I said, you know, I had this trip planned with my sister, we're gonna go to Italy. And I went, oh, well, we really, really need you to start this right away. So what did I do? I made a decision to start right away. I'm sorry, Jane, you know, I'm just gonna, I have to start this new job. I wish I would have gone to Italy. Right. I wish I would have just 
not just eat, love, pray, drink, and all that, but mm-hmm. <laughs> to spend time with her and go do those things and see the world and see it as a, as a poor student kid. Like, you know, you didn't have money. Yeah. You know, you hung out with each other. You didn't have spouses or significant others or, or mortgage and car payments. You just go and you experience it. Instead, I'm like, oh, no, this is a really important job. Start it right away. They sucked the life out of me. <laughs> you know? And yeah, we had great selling, you know, collections and all this other stuff. Made a lot of money. At the time, I didn't even know that I could get, like, a bonus on all <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. Designers get royalties on the hands. But, you know, you're like, okay. I learned from that, though. If, if, some, if an opportunity comes up, it doesn't have to be, like, oh, my God, but this is my your opportunity to go this way because this is what I want to do. It could be something totally out of context, but those are the things that make you better at who you are, what you do in your personal life and in your professional life. And just as a, as a person to person, a human to other people. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and that just fits so well into, you know, you, you know, that the comment about saying no to more, you know, when you don't say no to things, then your schedule gets all booked up and you don't actually, you're not connecting with people anymore. You're not making time to go see your dad or you're not having an extra cup of coffee or you're not going on that vacation. It's just like you get filled up. And at the end of the day, you know, for you, it ended, you know, it was, it was a job, you know, you, you may have learned a lot, but you know, 30 years later, you're probably not really thinking about that job anymore, but you're still thinking about that vacation. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. And so, so, I mean, obviously the, you know, the, the follow-up to that is, you know, what would you have done differently? Um, you know, obviously I think the, the, the most basic answer would be you would have taken the vacation, but do you think there's something, do you think there's like a different way you could have approached that situation to get the best of both? Yes, I think, actually, I know, I mean, if you, you have, I could, yes, they won, they hired me, but I needed to create my boundaries from the get-go to say, I'm really excited about this opportunity. I can't wait to get started. This is also a priority for me. I have already committed to whoever it is, whether it's your sister or another person, but um, I would be happy to start in two or three weeks. And, you know, I mean, do it from the get-go and don't, and, and here's the other thing, like, don't be afraid of what they're going to say or do or not hear you, oh my God, because if they weren't going to and they were going to be negative because you made that decision, you asked for, you know, that kind of um, give and take situation, then that's not the kind of company you right. want, right? That's not, those aren't the kind of people that value what, you know, you have personally or commitments that you've already made to someone because you're not only accountable, but because that is, you know, you said yes to someone else. <laughs> no? I said, well, Elliot, let's meet at 1130. We're meeting at 1130. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's such, that's such a good point um, that, you know, setting the boundaries, most of us are horrible at setting boundaries for ourselves. We just, I don't know what it is. I, you know, I don't know, maybe you have some thoughts on it, but you know, I, I feel like us as humans, we just, we struggle to set our own boundaries. I, you know, I think part of it is we want to make everybody happy. Uh, we always want to, you know, appease everybody, even if it's at a detriment to our own self. 
Um, and I don't know if maybe that's what it is, but, but yeah, like you said, if you set those boundaries and a company comes back and says, well, we're not going to hire you because of this, you don't want to work for that fucking company. That's miserable. Like they would be a horrible place to be. And so, it, you know, it, it's almost like a challenge at the same time to, to see who they truly are. Um, cause you don't know when you're interviewing for a company, you don't know anything about them. Um, but yeah, it really is. It's, it's, it's an interesting way to look at it as you're almost like challenging who they are as a company, as a whole, to see if they even match with you before you get too far into it. And that's happened and it will happen to you, your listeners, all along the way in your career, especially for those who are getting they're very, you know, this is exactly where I want to go. This is what I want to do, but I don't know the fringe part of it. But you come into people and you come into companies and situations along the way that, um, you know, maybe it starts not feeling right. And there's a reason why it didn't feel right because something happened. And you're like, whoa, that's not the way I want to go ahead with this. So you have to just say, stop now, turn the, turn the, turn, you know, turn the other way, change the channel, go a different direction. And that's okay. Because there are other things. They're not the only, uh, what do I want to say, if you work for someone, the only manager or mentor, because they're, they're just as flawed as a human as anybody else. So you know, it may not be a style that works for you or that you, that you respect, right? And, and, and I say that because as, a, as a, again, as a woman in a industry that is uh, notorious for exploiting women, <laughs> um, that just wasn't okay with me. Maybe yeah. that was a driver but from seeing young girls in a factory being exploited to, to work until wee hours of the night in, in, in a really cold, dark factory, to the, 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 the man that is managing them, that is yelling and screaming at them and taking advantage of them, you know, to, you know, you get to certain points in your career like, well, you can move on, but you have to do this. Or, hey, you know, yeah. uh, why don't we go for a drink afterwards? Um, and all of a sudden it's like, wait, this isn't business anymore. <laughs> I was just talking to somebody about that the other day about setting that boundary. Cause you know, from, for a woman, how challenging that is to, to say, to, to notice, just, just to even be aware of when a business meeting turns into a date without your approval. And right. it's just, you know, it's so weird coming, you know, from a guy's point of view, um, you know, I think I'm pretty self-aware. So I would know like, Obviously, if I was, I would hope I would know if I was in that or pushing that situation, you know, incorrectly. Um, but it's just not something a guy would ever have to worry about, typically, I, I don't think. Um, and so it's just, it's such a weird dynamic that, that women have to set. And unfortunately, Elliot, it's a real dynamic. And it's a, it, it is such a reality for women who, um, who are out there, who are working, who are, want to move ahead or move in a, you know, learn and experience. Um, that's not only from other women, but there's also other men and it's a different dynamic. And I'll give you an example now that we're talking about this and I don't, you know, I don't really remember. I mean, there's so many, but this, this is one in particular. I, so I was starting my own label, right? And, um, not that everyone starts my own label, but you know, Joey, you need to show your shit. You know, this is your jam. This is the look. It's so cool. <laughs> well, no one's going to pay me for that right now because no one's hiring me for that. So, okay, if I can't find out, do it myself. And this guy's like, you know, I've met him before at some trade show. Oh, well, you got to come do this trade show, you know, and don't worry about it. You know, um, I know the person at the showroom. I'll get you the space. And 
you know, don't worry about the, 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 I get so many hotel points, you know, I can get the suite and separate rooms and all this other stuff. I'm like, God, because I can't, you know, I, I can't afford that. Mm-hmm. $10,000 for a show. <laughs> and I mean, out of all the, you know, for a hotel room, going out to eat, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's another couple hundred. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. Well, he seems like a, you know, decent guy. Well, it's decent until, you know, you're like, okay, well, let's just grab something to eat after the show. You grab something to eat. You go to your room and someone starts knocking at your door. Oh, God. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, you know, and then uh, it's scared. Obviously, you know what happens, but it, it scares the daylights out of me. Right, And the next morning, I'm the hell out of there. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what it is, like what buyers would potentially come see my line or what opportunities that could show up that you could introduce me to this person and that person. I don't care. That, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're a slime bag. Yeah. yeah. Dude. <laughs> And it goes back to, you know, you talking earlier about really following your gut and your, you know, your gut decision. Like, I mean, obviously, in the, at that point, everybody's gut decision would be to run. But I bet a lot of people would stay to gut it out, to have the opportunity to work with him at some point. And it probably would turn south um, at some point. It would not go in your favor. And that's just that whole, you know, you really have to pay attention to your intuition, your gut. It's just not wrong. You know, I think I saw something the other day where if you follow your gut, 80% of the time you'll be right, 20% of the time you'll be wrong. Obviously, it's not science. It's just numbers. Um, but, but, you know, you can live with that. You know, I think, in my opinion, when you follow your gut, that's when you stop living with regret. Because you made the decision because you truly felt it was the right decision. And if it doesn't work out, who gives a shit? You thought you were making the right decision. And that's all that matters. It's making a decision for yourself that you thought was the right decision. And then you're fine. And then everything, everything will work its way out. Absolutely. Wow. And even if it was a 20% that wasn't like, Oh, it wasn't the, the best decision. You know what? It happened for a reason because the next, the next decision you're going to make is based off of, what didn't happen the way you want it to happen in the last time, you know, that last 20% that mm-hmm. held up. But guess what? That just like catapulted you back into the 85 to 90%. Right. There's it's, always going to be more. Right. Because you yeah. have that point of reference, right? Mm-hmm. Now you have a point of reference. Don't screw it up like that. <laughs> or, you know, someone says, hey, I can have an extra room because I bought <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> not for me. Not for me. Yeah. Maybe a different hotel. I'll stay in a different building. Maybe another city. Yeah. We'll be good. We'll be good. Exactly. Uh, too much. So, okay. So, so I don't want to dig too much into, into the, the constant regret. Cause like you said, you, you have a lot. And I think all of us could pull a million things that we've probably done that would, um, that maybe probably wasn't the best decision in the world. But on the flip side of that, so was there a decision that you made at any point in your life where you knew today you would, if you didn't make that decision, it would weigh on you so heavily. Like you did, you took a leap of faith, you believed in yourself, you made a gut call. And if, if you had sat back today and you hadn't done all of that, it would literally like just, it would tear you up because you'd be so mad at yourself for not making that decision. Uh, yes. And 
it goes back to um, not being overwhelmed by big decisions that you're going to regret or over regret or not regret, but it's more like the little things that you do along the way that keep growing and growing to the big thing, right? So if I'm, I'm sitting on a plane on the way to Europe for a trip and, you know, when I'm asked, oh gosh, you know, why don't you just do your own thing? I'm like, I never thought about doing my own thing because it's absolutely daunting, right? If you think about it, right? Do you have to get investors? Do you have to do this? Do you have to do that? It's like, no, just start drawing. So I started really literally drawing on a, a napkin <laughs> on, the, um, on the plane. And it's just one thing that goes into another that you're like, okay, well, then you should, you know, have a business. Like, I don't want a business. I don't want to run a business. I don't even like balancing my checkbook. <laughs> oh, well, here, this is called an LLC. And for tax ENI. Like, oh, okay. And one thing just kind of turns into another, um, but you learn, you really learn to crawl and walk and, and run. And, and then you have other people that you, you know, come your way that help you um, do those things that you must do first on your own to understand. And then when you understand you can't really do it that well, you know what <laughs> you do it that does it really, really well. And you get to this point like, oh my gosh, now I have, I'm doing my stuff and it's, it's in a store that I never thought, why would I have a store? People don't do that. Designers work for other people and then you, do, you go to other stores and do wholesale. Well, that model never made sense to me. So I didn't really understand it to a point, but maybe it was because I was so naive that you just do it. And I never want to ever take money from anybody. I'll do it myself. Even if mm. little by little, <laughs> um, to, to back on, I tried a little bit. So when I my my when I first got married and we did, it didn't work out, um, he gave he gives me this book like finance or learning to manage your finance. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, this is freaking hilarious. I read it, but you're just like, all right, I am gonna learn how to figure out how to manage my finances so that I can learn what cash flow means. So that <laughs> you just happen to have enough money to do this. But then, you know, it grows and it grows and you all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I have a little collection of stuff. I put it into a store that I built, a boutique, if you want to call that, and people are buying it. And, and you're just like, not only are they buying it, but they put it on and they come out of the dressing room they stand taller, they look, they, mm. they, they look at themselves and they're just beaming and they go, I have never felt this great about myself. They walk out and they come back again next month and then they come back again. Pretty soon you're like doing all this stuff. You're like, this is crazy. This is what's really happening. So that's when uh, I'm so happy I did that had I not done that. Even if it, you get to the point where like the crash hits, right? And or you're just so burned out, like, I can't do this anymore. I'm not doing what's really in my heart. I'm just designing because someone says it needs a sleeve because they want to cover their arm. Like, you know what? I want to design not because I'm designing something with sleeve or without a sleeve. I understand that might be a factor, but what is in your heart and soul creative spirit that you're creating that when I said, you know, if there's hard yes, there's also hard no's. That you get to this point where you just say, we're doing a million dollars of business a year. If you do 979, Joe, Joy, call it a stop point. I called it a stop point because mm. I was just burned out and I just physically, mentally, emotionally, 
And that was really, really tough. That hurt. That hurt like, oh my God. Um, like you can't even explain because you go through all these human emotions, mm -hmm. right? In addition to career and professional choices and emotions. But it was it was a good regret. And I don't regret doing that because I learned so much going through that process that the next phase will be different. It will be better because of what you went through, going through that, which was really shitty. Yeah, but what, would I do it again? Yeah, because in your lifetime to have that experience to say, what can you do on your own? Do it. What do you have to lose? I'm still here. I'm still talking to you. We're still talking about regret and not regret. <laughs> not the next thing we're going to do. I know it's, it's crazy. It's, it's like, no matter what the, you know, it, it, you know, I think we, we get into this place where we try to, we try to like live this perfect life. And if we think we do, then we won't, you know, have decisions or we try to, you know, be rich because we think rich will being rich will solve all problems. Like I was just watching this TV show and I know it's completely arbitrary because it was a, it's a TV show, but on it, they were like, he was like, I have $40 million. I'm actually broke because of the, because of his lifestyle. And it, and it really, it, 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 it weirdly registered with me that no matter how much money you have, no matter whatever, no matter whatever you have in life, you have the same problems. You have decisions that you regret. You, you miss opportunities. You, you say yes to things that you don't love. Like it can always go wrong. Um, no matter what, other things you have in your life that, you know, maybe not everybody does when you are a one percenter, you know, whatever the case might be. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely to your point, you can work super hard and have $40 million, um, but you're also paying overhead for like all these toys that you have and all the mm -hmm. people that you have hang out with you to play on your toys. And, you know, at the end of it all, you feel like crap because you drank too much, ate too much, did too many drugs, and <laughs> too many women or when, or whatever it is that you're doing, you're not really happy. And yet, you could take your dog, and we could go for a walk in the park that costs nothing. Um, and, you know, the sun's setting, or maybe it's rising, it's really super cool to experience that. That's free. That feels good. That's natural. Yeah. Um, and the other toys and things that you want to have. Did you miss it because you don't have it? Not really, but then you have it and you want more. Okay. Do I like you less or more because you have money or not have money? God, no. I don't, I don't care about the Instagram guy who's like showing himself on his boat with like 10, 20 girls around him and all these expensive stuff and wearing all these expensive things. It's like, it's FOMO, you know, the fear of missing out. No, not anymore. And, and especially with the pandemic and everything now that's kind of reprogrammed you know looking at what what you have and where you have to go or not go mm -hmm. that life looks really different well and it's like you said too about your your family um you know your family and friends and you know that's you know kind of one of the the biggest regrets from early on in your life is not you know making time for as much time for for those um those that are obviously closest to you or, or mean the most to you you know because you know at the end of the day you know, it's not going to matter the, the toys, you know, what, what you're going to end up thinking about at the end of the day are your parents that you missed out on opportunities with, or the friends that you lost connections with. Um, that's ultimately what's going to happen. You, know, you can have all these toys in the world, but you can still be lonely. Um, 
And, you know, I think, I think loneliness is probably one of the more under, um, not, I don't want to say underrated, um, probably under, or, um, not spoken enough of. Um, and that's because I think a lot of people these days do get, you know, obviously we're very digital. So we lose a lot of human connection from the just being in a digital world. I mean, like I haven't worked with in an office with employees for seven years. So I haven't had that connection forever. You obviously, you know, working from home and having your own shop in your house, um, or even, you know, in boutique, you kind of have the same scenario. And I think, um, you know, it's, that could be, you know, probably one of the bigger regrets I think for my generation is going to be loneliness is they went through their life without really any close friends, um, without having a lot of real human connection. Um, that, that's what my gut tells me in, in 30 to 40 years, that's what's going to weigh on people the most. You know what, Elliot, you're spot on. And that's kind of the, the things I think about too, that I had actually the opportunity, right, to work in um, creative groups or with groups of people um, to have real human connections one-on-one -on -one because we didn't have the internet as much as we do now. But what we call friends or likes on social media, um, and I don't know how real they really are, right? Um, do they make you depressed? Do they make you feel anxious? Do they make you feel less pretty, less worthy of yourself because you don't look like that or you're not doing those fun things with those fun people that you didn't get invited to that fun thing? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, um, well, Let's take it out of context, you know, uh, or in, put in context that makes it real or not real, but it is real the way you feel about what you just saw or what you just um, think you saw, right? Because maybe mm -hmm. it's not really that. And it's interesting because I watched Pixar the other night on Netflix and how they have grown and how the guys who actually started with Steve Jobs. They, they, they were fired from their jobs four or five times. And brilliant. And they kept getting better and better and better. But and the way they got better is they could work together. But you, you really do, you know, you're in a room and you, you see visual cues or bodily cues of this would be really cool if we did this and this is how you drink coffee and this is how you don't and what if it's spilled and all these things that happen when you're in a group, which, you know, you and I, because we work separately right now, um, it's only a period of time though, because things are going to change, right? Uh, but it's like that you can't replace when you're with other people physically. Mm -hmm. And let's say you take a break and you have lunch together, have a coffee together, and you could talk about other things. But it's those other things that also influence you and what you're doing as far as your let's say career or friendship goes. And those can are only built when you're when you're together. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's, um, it's real time. And even if we zoom, you know, at least, at least you know you can like have that connection to each actually see each other um, mm -hmm. and talk to each other. At least take that for now, but it's not forever. You know, it's not. It's just temporary. And then get things reset back to um, what life should really be about. Right? Yeah. Well, that's what's going to be so interesting, though, is you know it is it is a, a temporary change for a lot of people. Um, but I mean, I just saw, um, REI, is that the, the outdoor brand? Yeah. Yeah. They just went hundred percent remote. They sold their entire corporate office. And I think a lot of companies are going to do that. And it's, it's going to create a, a gap of loneliness for a lot of people. 
Um, you know, it's a, I think it's a learned skill to be able to be, be by yourself all day working, um, you know, not, you know, not having horrible conversations in your own head. Um, you know, it's, it's a skill to be alone. And if you're working by yourself all the time now, granted, you might still have meetings and things like that, but it's not the same. Um, and I, I do fear that the, this pandemic and what it's done one for, you know, people working from home, but then, you know, corporate companies saying, well, shit, now I don't have to pay, you know, $20 million for this office building every year and everybody just works from home. Okay. Like that's cool. Um, I do think it's going to cause some disconnects in the office. Creativity is going to suffer. Um, cause I think people are, like you said, are a lot more creative when they're working together. I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid for what's going to happen, um, for a lot of people, uh, because a lot of people, you know, the office is the only place that's where their friends come from. That's where they meet their spouses. That's where everything happens is in an office. And it's going to be challenging to, to not have that anymore for a lot of people, I think. And I definitely share that concern uh, and that fear. And for a lot of people, it's okay to feel shitty and lonely and a little rabbit hole-ish, like, I can't even focus. What am I doing? Am I, something wrong with me? Um, and I was listening, I was listening to Ferris interview Sia, and, you know, she's- she Oh, I, was, I, I got through part of that. Ugh. She, you know, what she, she was bonkers. She was, <laughs> she talks about everything. It was too funny. I know, right? I haven't finished <laughs> the video, but um, the thing is, like, it's, you're not, not, you're not, something's not wrong with you just because you don't feel great about yourself right now. Hmm. Um, but it's only for right now. It's not forever. So I have felt really down, really depressed, what, you know, through a period of like, couldn't get myself out of it hmm. but it's you know if you look at it as a as window it's not forever and there that's why you have friends that's why you have family that's why you have the um convenience or the opportunity to make a phone call to send a text if you don't want anyone to see you visually <laughs> just like get on a call and just get some kind of encouragement or not even encouragement just have someone listen, just get feedback, right? Just get human connection mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. that can take you, veer you off of that. Um, and that's okay. Like sometimes it's like, but oh, I don't know if I really want to call her and talk to her. Right. I don't want to bother them. Or this is just not me. When I, someone said to me, oh, Joy, I just, you know, it wasn't you. You were so strong and positive. And, you know, you kind of went into this, you know, negative or deep hole place. And then, you know, I don't want to come out, right? I don't want people to see or hear me or mm -hmm. know me but yeah, that is really the real that sometimes you go there and you don't want to even get out of bed. I, I can't, I, I listened probably the same podcast maybe 10 times. I didn't even hear it. I didn't even hear the podcast because it was just noise to me. Huh. Music. So I wasn't even listening to music for a while because it just felt so icky. So you, <laughs> the, the most coolest people that you think are cool have uncool times within that coming back from that to learn to come back from that and to do it together that you're not alone going through this um it's there and that's and that's just it's if that's a go it's okay being normal that way that's how you get through this stuff right right now and do you remember what oh sorry go ahead go ahead 
No, I was just saying, you know, yeah, working alone is not the, the funnest thing, but, you know, I think too, when you're talking about creating a new workplace environment or workplace structure, that you will, you, you guys will figure it out in a way that maybe, you know, I find my most creative time at this point in the day, and then we're going to have group meetings that we can be prepared as a group, not just sit there, yonk, 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 and hear each other, or hear yourself talk, but have, you know, concise list of what you guys want to want to cover and then still have time to go out and party afterwards <laughs> because that's healthy too <laughs> so you can eat together you can go have a drink together and just have fun together because that's important too as part of your whole professional career um ideation mm -hmm. of, uh, process yeah but now when important. when you were in your your dark state or or what or one of the, one of these and you had mentioned not wanting to connect with people. I mean, is that what you ended up doing to get yourself out of it? Like, what? How did? How did you? How did you? You make progress um, when you were in one of those situations? <laughs> well, the stuff I didn't like, I just I either ignored or gave it to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard someone said to me, "Joy, you know." Maybe, it's, maybe you shouldn't be posting, you know, and I'm like, but I thought that's what I'm supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to do marketing and all this stuff. Is that your No, it's okay. You know, you come off of it and step away. Um, and I think stepping away and not doing the things that you think or people think you should be doing because that's part of your job or your company, whatever it is, that it gives you time to evaluate the situation you're in and address it. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you feel shitty, why do you feel like this? What's causing this? How do I get over it? Um, and then you learn how to, because there's there's also a lot of how-tos on that as well. And part of that is maybe not beating myself up in a CrossFit class, which I was doing, and mm -hmm. then I hurt myself. Maybe mm -hmm. it's more yoga, maybe it's meditation, maybe it's other things that help balance you out so that you're in a place that you could start from a healthy place again instead of dragging all shit around with you from place to place. And that it's very easy to do because you brush it under, I'm okay, I'm fine, I need to deal with that. And um, you keep, you know, you keep, it, keep abusing yourself. I gotta get up at five and I'm gonna work until nine o'clock tonight because this is what working hard means, you know, to uh -huh. move ahead and get this done when in fact, that might not be the best way for you. And maybe it's not the best time for you. Maybe that's not the best remedy of taking, you know, a couple of grams of this or that or Prozac or drinking a lot or maybe one drink after the end of the day because it makes you wind down or helps okay. you, whatever excuse you come up with. Um, you know, it's your responsibility at the end of the day to take ownership of yourself. Mm -hmm. you'll, get your, you'll be fine. You got to have that and know that I can make a phone call to my sister i can make a phone call to a friend from college and be vulnerable you really gotta be that to, i'm not going to show anybody all those self-help books that i was going through <laughs> I, did. I, I you know <laughs> i'm scrolling through like kind of meditations where i joined wow i was in that really crummy stage i had a crummy mood but you know then it evolves and it becomes better and then how do you put yourself out there how do you have confidence in what you're doing and then you're Again, learning, right? Mm -hmm. It's about learning different things about yourself. 
but move on, but to be okay about that and be really honest. And even for me to tell you right now, Elliot, like this is what I was going through. I haven't really even you know, exposed that, but if it's if it if it's in the light of being able to connect with other people to say it's okay to put through that because you're gonna be fine, then guess what? I was there. I still go there sometimes. And even if it's a chunk of like, damn it, I was there last night between, I think it was like from five to eight, but at eight o'clock, like, you gotta get out of yourself. You need to read a book, watch something different, change your environment, but to recognize and be aware of that. Mm -hmm. I think you said something key there too, which was be vulnerable, because there's a big difference between opening yourself up to vulnerability because I think people, other people recognize that and they are attracted to vulnerability because the odds are they feel the same way or have felt the same way versus just being in like a depressive state of, um, for lack of better words, just having like yourself a pity party of your own, you know, what, you know, the way you feel. It's like, if you can just open up and admit that you feel a certain way or that you're going through this vulnerability state, you know, people are going to connect with you on such a different level. Um, because the odds are that they've been there. And it's like that human connection. Um, it's almost like that, like that telepathic human connection. You just like feel it. Absolutely. And to say, look, um, that post, you know, do you know that, that it took me like, you know, 45 minutes to get my hair, my makeup, and <laughs> that, that picture versus the real you is just like, you know what? Um, it doesn't matter. You know, mm -hmm. because if, if people think, oh, it matters how I look and how I'm posed and this and that, and they want to be models in the fashion industry, you know, it is not just about what you see on the outside, it's what's really happening on the inside, how are you feeling, what happened during during that time or on the way, whatever it is, that that's what's really important, not that other stuff. 100%. That's why I say it's getting, the whole industry is kind of being redefined works real. You don't have to go to the extreme because I'm not going to wake up out of bed and say, hey, Elliot, I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to do that. 100%. 100%. And because, you know, your generation, I see in general, is so connected to Instagram, so, you know, Facebook, whatever it is, that um, they figure that it's the world really like that. Do they really look like that? Oh my God, that yoga position, I can't get to that one. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's like, you know, it takes a long time. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're doing it for someone. Maybe it's getting paid because they're endorsing something. But that is not the important thing. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, a lot of us, you know, I, I deleted my Instagram a couple of days ago, um, at least off my phone. And I don't even know if you can, I think you can access Instagram on, on your computer. Um, but either way, I deleted it off my phone. And it, it was an interesting thought that happened like right before this podcast was I was going to like, um, take like a Instagram story. And I went to go open it up on my phone. And I was like, Oh, I don't have it. And then it also like, it, it occurred then in my head was like, it's kind of nice doing this conversation, not so I can post something on Instagram stories. You know, it, it, it was a very, it was like a, it was like a weirdly freeing moment of realizing that you're not doing it for anybody else but yourself. Yes. And too many times I'll see, I'll see you know, if, if I have to do it for work, let's say, um, 
you know, I'm going away to college and I'm with all my friends and we look so great in our little bikinis and we're with so many people and all these parties, you know, that's, 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 that's not, maybe that's real for a second. Yeah. Yeah. And what is the objective of that? Because you want to put a post mm-hmm. so that the whole world can do, say how many likes and then counting likes. Well, what does that mean at the end of the day? A lot of, I know a lot of like, even people or celebrities or people that we like listen to that have gone through the phase of having really down, down moments and mm-hmm. extended moments of time. And in that time, perhaps maybe they do really get in touch with themselves and come up with the coolest shit ever that resonates with millions of people, mm-hmm. not millions of followers, but people who then take that with them and do something can feel better that day or take themselves out of that. I can't get out of bed phase and actually get out of bed and take a shower and, and you know, give a flying app about what you do you know, right. today. Cause sometimes you just don't. Right. And that's okay. And that is okay. You don't have to, you don't have to put in 14 hours a day. Sometimes you can just sit back and uh, let yourself have a day or two days or a week. Who gives a shit? It's your life. Figure it out. Right. Yeah. And you don't need to figure it out right this minute, but you have to allow yourself to give half the time that you will and know that you're going to figure it out. Yep. 100%. Perfect. All right. I got one more question for you. And and that will, and then, and then I'll put it a wrap so you can get back to your Sunday. Um, so the, the question I want to end, I'm going to, I'm going to end every show on because I think it's a super important question. Um, knowing everything that you know today, what would you tell your younger self? And it can't be like, go buy Apple stock. It has to be, I, I need it to be, I need something good. You need something good. Yeah. I would definitely, because I, I have actually visualized this, you know, one of my quiet moments. <laughs> it actually was a guided meditation that they tell you to look at yourself as a young okay. child. And I actually started crying because I think um, what I would tell her is to, to take care and give yourself, to take care of yourself give yourself more credit than what you think you have to be nice to yourself and be kind, um, that you don't have to be a superpower. You don't have to be so super successful, um, that to enjoy, enjoy this world, this life that you have, that is actually a gift for you to be in this space, healthy. You have all your senses. You can walk, you can see, you can, taste you can smell and i don't want it to sound corny but it's so small and they're not even small but they're big things because you exist in this healthy frame of reference to be to have everything that you need right around you to be happy to to less judgment on what you should be who you should be with how you should look comes down to just who who just who do who are you really because you're here for you know you're here and um who, who are you that you know what is it that gives you those aha joy moments and who are those people that 
maybe you don't even have to know who, but just allow yourself to let those things happen, let those people into your life, but they're not going to happen. They're not going to come into your life if you create these walls, barriers, and definitions of who and what I should be. And that will happen from the time that you go to kindergarten or preschool, that someone says, you look different. You know, my mom and dad says that you're, you don't look like me, you don't eat the same things as I do. Um, your family, if I go to your house for sleepover, they don't, you know, have the same things. It's like all of a sudden that happens right away when then you're like, I'm supposed to be this, I'm supposed to be that. And it's just, you're so okay with who you are, what you are, and to be grateful for those things. Um, that's, that's it. If I had a daughter, if I had a son, to bring them up that way, to be proud and happy, and you know, probably just be happy and okay with who you are. Because through life then, it's a lot easier to <laughs> go through life and enjoy life that way than to always say, what do you think? Right. Right? Because then you never know what you yourself thinks. Mm-hmm. It might take a while. It took me a hell of a long time. And I still have to remind myself all the time. But you know, you better at it. That's part of learning too. You learn, you grow. I love it. Yeah. I love it. To just be more nurturing. Yeah. Nice to yourself, kind to yourself. Because everybody deserves that. Yeah. No, I think and I think we can all I don't there's probably very few people who who feel that they're at their capacity to be kind to themselves. You know, usually we treat ourselves the, you know, we treat ourselves worse than we would ever treat anybody else. Right. So that if you took yourself out of yourself and you looked at Ellie and you went, man, he's just like giving everything to everybody. And the last person at the end of the day is himself. I feel really bad for him. Like, right. (laughs) You don't even realize it. That's what you did today. I know. It's the hard part. I know. And especially now with the world as screwed up as it is with all this stuff happening and the, I don't want to say elders, but you know, adults or just the Gen X, Gen Y, baby boomer, whoever it is that you're saying, you're observing, you're going, what the frig is going on? What are they doing? Do they not care about this planet? Do they not care about what I'm going to be when I'm there? Like, care. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and just have it. The other huge thing I think too is um, I play victim a lot, and that's not a great place. That's mm. just that's suck it up, little buttercup. Put your <laughs> face the challenge. Get just do what you need to do. Or if you don't know what to, know what to do, DIY. YouTube. Figure it out yourself. There's so many tools out there, but you got to take that that initiative. Mm-hmm. Ownership. Right on your own, or make the phone call to someone else because that's why we are social social beings that we have that unfortunately we have that uh network that resource Mm -hmm. i love it that was perfect awesome all right joy well thank you so much i love you and i can't wait to see you soon hopefully um but doing this do this and just get get yourself out there and let them know this is what you're offering them yeah thank you so much you're wonderful you are too. all right Have a great day. i'll see you later all right 
Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. Stay tuned. We're going to be recording several episodes a week. They'll always be long form. We'll continue to bring on amazing guests with amazing insight and just really depict on what people find that are valuable, what lessons they learned, what are their biggest regrets, how are you going to avoid those regrets, how they make decisions. We're really just digging into who people are and what they're all about in order to help all of our listeners make better decisions today to live the life that they ultimately dream of. Thank you again.